This is Michelle McKenzie, and welcome to the WTF Podcast, where we demystify entrepreneurship and the fog around funding. In the past couple of years, there's been a lot of talk about lack of equity in funding and how to make investing decisions that are more equitable. Funder is addressing just that. Funder is automating, diversifying, and democratizing seed funding between startups and investors. Keep listening to find out how. Lauren Washington is the co-founder and CEO of Funder, a platform that uses data and AI to empower decision-making in seed investing. Prior to this, Lauren co-founded Black Women Top Tech, the largest membership organization and only conference for Black women founders, and KeepUp, an automated social listing platform. Her companies have won multiple awards, including 43 North, the Advanced Imaging Society's Distinguished Leadership Award, and the Austin Inn of Fire Award. She has been featured in the New York Times, TechCrunch, L Inc., and Fortune, and listed as a top entrepreneur in Essence Magazine. Before we get into the episode, quick question. How are you traveling to your next corporate or personal getaway? I just might have the answer for you. If you are seeking a high-quality private aviation firm that you can trust for your next business or personal trip, let the friendly and experienced team at Farringdon Jets help you fly in style. Visit FarringdonJets.com to start planning your trip today. Use the link in the show notes for special offers. Lauren, welcome to the WTF Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and excited to talk. You're welcome. In this episode, we'll discuss how Funder is using AI to eliminate bias, increase access, decrease the time to funding, and help even the playing field for investor-to-founder relationships. Lauren, tell me about your entrepreneurship journey before Funder. Absolutely. And my journey before Funder is so important because it led to the development of Funder. And there's no way I would have gotten to this new business without everything I went through prior to this. I had a corporate career in branding and marketing. I was on the agency side right before I started my first company, Keep Up. And I was working, basically taking social media, listening and pulling out insights for large brands. So we would go on social media, look and say, oh, this is what everyone is really saying about the Tide brand. So not just in interviews, not just when you ask them, but this is the real conversation, the organic conversation that's happening. But that process was always very long, very expensive, very time consuming and inaccessible in my mind. And so that's where I started Keep Up. I ended up trying to automate that process so that businesses and even individuals can come in and pull out important events and pull out very personalized insights from that. We ended up winning the 43 North competition up in Buffalo two months after we launched on the App Store, which now later in my journey, I realize is a very unlikely scenario when it comes to funding and it comes to pitching. But at the time, that's really what launched me into my career. We won $250,000 through that. We moved to Buffalo to be in an incubator. And that really kicked off my entrepreneurial journey. From there, I realized that it was incredibly hard to fundraise. It was incredibly hard to do it as a Black woman. I did not quite get 
those two things and put those two things together, that my difficulties fundraising were also connected to me being a Black woman. Because at the time, this is 2014, a lot of the data that's out right now was just not available. (laughs) So you were out there on your own. So I ended up meeting these two women, Asosa Igodaro and Regina Gwynn. And we started talking about our journeys. They were both building their own tech companies as well. And we said, let's just get together and see if we can help each other and figure out how to build each other up. And that snowballed and turned into Black Women Talk Tech, which is my second company that grew into the largest conference in the world for Black women tech founders and the largest membership organization. We have since expanded into Black Men Talk Tech, as well as a nonprofit organization. And then while I was there, just hearing the stories of literally thousands of Black women and how they were having these issues fundraising really led to the development of Funder. It felt like there needs to be something that is is here that is systemically making these changes, not just on an individual level, but how can we truly create technology or process or data in order to enact change and close this, bi- this funding bias? Your response was so comprehensive that you also answered the second question I was going to ask you, which is what motivated you to start Funder and the problem you are solving? I think that is quite clear from your answer. So Funder's mission is to bring equal opportunity to invest in. So world-changing people and ideas are not overlooked. What is the value of Funder to the funded ecosystem for underrepresented founders? How is it helping to reduce that gap that you mentioned, particularly as a Black woman in in tech? Yeah. And I built this as an entrepreneur, as a founder who has been through the ringer of fundraising previously. So I have that eye on it, but I've also been on the other side and I've looked at and evaluated and did due diligence on a number of startups, have invested in them, have been a part of large investing conversations. So I understand how both sides think and work. And so what we were trying to do really is create a platform that bridges that gap. And uh, originally when we launched Funder, we were connecting individual angels to individual startups and creating these portfolios using AI. So we use AI to evaluate the companies, put them into a folio, and then investors can diversify their investment across all of them at the same time. What we've grown and evolved to is really a platform that takes that same technology but really integrates it into their workflow and their pro. And so now we're able to scale not just to individual angels, but we work with VC firms, we work with accelerators, corporate venture, PE firms. They're all coming on our platform and pulling their companies through our process so that they can use the AI to firstly identify bias to help remove some of that bias and then make better decisions long-term. So for the... Um, underrepresented founders, particularly for Black women or anyone who is coming up against this bias, what our platform is really doing is showcasing some of these insights that will help change the process for investors. We often talk to investors who are like, I know there's a problem. I just have no idea how to solve it. I don't know what in my process isn't working. I don't know where to find certain founders or why I'm evaluating them in different ways. And our platform is literally showing them what those things are and how to make those changes. Let's talk about the numbers a little bit. How many investors are using this platform and what are the insights that have emerged so far? 
Yeah, we have about 500 investors who are actively signed up on the platform, and they are across the board, angel investors, VC firms, family offices, accelerators, anyone who is investing in startups, we have a portion of them on our platform. And then we also have a larger email list that has a few thousand investors. So they get updates about companies and new companies that are coming onto our platform. Some of the insights that we've found are really interesting around the matching process and the ability to truly create alpha within this industry. For example, we look at all different types of data. So we're looking at gender and race and immigrant status and economic status and all these different areas because investors have preferences in those areas. And then we're also using that in some ways to remove those bias pieces, right? If you put that you're a Black woman, we're putting that into the algorithm and offsetting some of the historical bias you may have encountered in terms of building up your business. But what we have found is that we're able to actually connect investors and startups that probably would never have found each other before. So for example, we have a lot of investors who invest solely in immigrant founders and they're looking for immigrant founders, but how often is that something that you lead with in a conversation, right? That you're an immigrant or you're first generation. It's not something that you put in your pitch deck. And so to be able to find those and make those connections is really important. And we've been able to do that so we can show here are these incredible people that you may have passed over, you may not have seen. And we're able to really make those super deep connections that wouldn't have happened previously. What's the deal flow volume like in terms of connection between those seeking funding and those looking to fund? Yeah, so we're still fairly new. We are we just did our pilot last year and we have about 20 companies that we have funded on the platform. There's around a thousand who have signed up and we're going through them, making sure that the deals make sense for the types of investors that we have on the platform, that they're ready to fundraise and slowly introducing them. With our new SaaS product, we also now have access to companies that are coming and are pre-vetted from these other investing groups. So for example, we have PE firms who are bringing companies on that they're fundraising from. We have angel groups. We have the Founders of Color Showcase, which just closed their companies and their deals on the platform as well. And these are all companies that have been pre-vetted. And now they're coming to the platform to essentially open these incredible opportunities up to other investors and increase the number of amount of funding that comes to them. Let's rally back to the insight. Are the insights that you're pulling out mainly shared with the users and subscribers to the platform, or is there a process for sharing those insights more broadly to help the ecosystem along? Yeah, there will be. Absolutely. So currently, the Insights Engine, which we'll be launching in a couple of weeks, is specifically for our SaaS users. So they can look through their pipeline and see oh, we have 50% of women who come through our pipeline. Why are we only investing in 1%? They're able to really parse things out to that detailed level and make really actionable changes within their organization. So that's part of what our insights does. But absolutely, that's the goal is long term, especially once we have a lot of different users on our platform from all different parts of the industry, putting that kind of data out is everything. And it's so powerful. Before we started Black Women Talk Tech, the Project Diane report came out, and I believe that was back in 2016. And that was game changing. The fact that you could put 
numbers to the fact that Black women had difficulties fundraising. At the time, they had said only 11 Black women had ever raised over a million dollars ever in tech. That really lit a fire underneath us to move forward with some of the things we were already doing. But that kind of data is so incredibly powerful and so game-changing for the industry. And we want to really do that on a larger scale. Because we're also tracking these companies on a monthly basis, we can do that very regularly. So we'll have updates on a monthly basis to really show the overall progress. And we don't have to wait a year or two in order to see where the industry is. I think that data piece is really critical because it can also help to debunk a lot of the myths currently exist in the ecosystem about who's out there or where they are, inability to find them. You're basically saying, here they are. Exactly. Here's the information that helps you to cut through all of that. So that I think that, right. yeah, no, that piece is really critical. I'm speaking with Lauren Washington, founder of Funder AI. We've been talking about the need for the platform. And now we are transitioning to talk about entrepreneurs who are on Funder. What's the benefit to them? And how is the data that's being derived from Funder helping to change the funding ecosystem? Keep listening. Lauren, I want to shift a little bit. Now, if we're talking, let's say you're speaking directly to an entrepreneur of a SaaS business, what do you want to say to him or her about the benefits of being on Funder? The benefits of being on Funder are a few different things. Firstly, you are getting this unbiased evaluation and review of your company. We intentionally are looking at your company from the quantitative standpoint instead of looking qualitatively. What does the founder look like and how charming are they? And do they remind me of myself, which is a lot of things that investors unconsciously think through. But when you actually have data in front of you and you're able to look at one company and compare it to another company, apples to apples, that actually helps remove bias just inherently from the process and make sure you check those biases and think again. If you're looking for something like that, this is the platform for it. We also are able to open up your deal to a number of different investors. As I mentioned, we have angel investors, we have family offices, we have VC firms, and they're all looking for very specific matches to their thesis. And we are able to make those connections directly on our platform. And then the third piece I would say is that data point. So being able to come in, take your evaluation, in the next couple of weeks, we'll also be launching the ability for startups to get insights as well. And so they'll be able to see how does my MRR compare to another company's MRR that's raising the same amount as me? Or what are their valuations look like in the space? Or what are some of the pieces within my company that I need to strengthen? Is my team an area of weakness that I need to grow? And you can do that on a monthly basis. So those are all the reasons to come and join the platform. We're truly trying to empower not only investors, but founders as well, and create more transparency in this space so that we can start removing some of these biases and not leaning on some of the pattern matching that we've had previously. I think that the founder insights piece is really critical as well, because oftentimes founders are not clear about what they are doing wrong. If anything, sometimes it's just having that insight about how they are stacking up to other potential investees that investors are looking at so that they can use that information to improve. 
because you don't know what you don't know. And if you're not getting that right feedback and that right insight, then it's difficult for you to improve and move to the next stage. So I think that piece is really critical. And it's so true. Think, is there a way to, if you're not on the platform, to push that information out into the ecosystem as well? Absolutely. And we really want to. The Like you said, the founder piece is crucial for a number of reasons. It's really important for founders to understand where they're at. And as a founder, like you said, I often am just flying blind in terms of my fundraise. I ask my other founder friends, but it's a small sample set of their experiences and how do I actually compare. But when you take that information as well and share that with investors, then they can actually pull out their own biases as well. If I can look and see that I actually didn't invest in this company that had the same stats as another company that I invested in, what was my reasoning there? Ostia Angels put out a really interesting report, I believe a year or two ago, where they did that kind of research internally and they realized that except for race, they were not investing in certain companies. That was the only thing that was different. So they realized that they had a bias against Black women and they changed their entire process and realized that they had all of these incredible Black women founders that were they were unconsciously biased to. And not only that, but then when they started sharing it out to larger syndicates to bring other angel investors into the deal, they realized it was significantly harder for them to build that syndicate and get funding. They had to reach out to, I think, 60 different angels to get the same amount of money that they had to reach out to only a handful for white women founders. And so when you look at it like that, when you look at that larger bias, being able to pinpoint those things and show is, is this, are these companies really that different or is there something else here that's making that difference in your mind? And shout out to Astia for doing that. Whatever their reasons were for doing it, they did it for mm -hmm. sharing that information and trying to make change because they're not the only ones who have that bias, but at least give them credit for doing something about it or asking themselves a question and then doing the deep work to uncover where the bias was and what's behind the bias and then trying to make steps to address that bias. And I think what you're doing with Funder and the insights that are being generated will help move a lot of other investors so that they, they can at least have a roadmap of how to go about doing this. So now they have access to some information. So you can't say, now I don't even know where to start. Go to Funder. That's exactly it. And Ostia had to have the insight. They had to have the motivation, the resources, the time to do this. And it wasn't necessarily in their best interest to take all that time to do it. And so when you think about that and apply it to all these other groups, they understand there's bias. They understand that there's a problem and a gap here. But to think about it from that standpoint, there are barriers to making those changes. And what we're trying to do is lower those barriers, but not give people the fact that there's no excuses anymore. <laughs> like we have a platform here where you can easily upload your information. We can point these things out for you. You can get updates on a regular basis. We're trying to remove all, not only the bias, but the excuses for not moving forward and doing that kind of work. No, absolutely. So you help bridge that gap, that funding gap between founders and investors. What's been your fundraising journey for Funder? It's been hard. I don't think that I am exempt from the bias or from 
the lack of access or like we were talking about the comparisons. So for example, a couple of years ago, I remember talking to three different investing groups that told us we were too early. We were pre-product. We were post, I'm sorry, we were post-product. We were post-revenue. And I found out that they had invested in another company that raised $5 million that was pre-product before founders had never been in the space before, had never been founders. And that company has gone on to raise probably $20 million. And it's a very similar company in the same space, right? And so when you look at those, you can't help but realize that there is real bias here and it's brought into every single deal. I feel lucky for a couple of reasons on my fundraising journey. One is that I've done it before, so I was somewhat prepared for this coming in. And then also I have a reputation now within the industry, so I can get meetings that I wasn't able to get previously. But that hasn't really changed the fact that my fundraising journey has been significantly harder and significantly longer than my counterparts. It doesn't also help that we had a market downturn last year. And that downturn, unfortunately, affected Black founders a lot more than any other founders. There's now data that TechCrunch came out with. They had a couple of incredible articles where they said the funding for Black founders went down to 0.43% in Q3, and I believe it was about 0.79 in Q4. And that's significantly lower than what we've been seeing in the last couple of years. So whenever there's some kind of downturn, people... Uh, are less risky. And unfortunately, underrepresented founders are seen as risky. And so we are the ones who suffer the most. It's been tough, but still out here and understanding that if this is something I want to do, it's something that I have to face and work my way around. And it has incredible value in moving the ecosystem along and addressing these deep-seated issues of bias that have existed in the ecosystem for so long, Mm -hmm. removing some of the excuses for actually addressing those biases. Exactly. I just remind myself whenever I come up against something that's frustrating, that this is why you're doing it. It's a complete reminder for me to keep going and keep pushing forward and making those changes within the industry. Lauren, what advice do you have for founders about fundraising at the seed stage? I would say the seed stage, really making sure that you're keeping your energy because it can be a lot. And at that stage, you're in a interesting place where you don't probably have a huge team to help you where you can focus fully on fundraising. And so you're juggling a couple of different things at the same time. And it's not like you can stop your business while you're fundraising. They still want to see that growth. They still want to see movement. And actually, that's a pretty critical part of the fundraising process to keep that momentum going. And so making sure that you're taking care of yourself while doing that and you're prepared for the lack of sleep and the potential emotional toll it can take and and making sure that you're balancing things right going in is really important, regardless of the outcome of the fundraise. I've seen people get completely burnt out by it. And then they don't have the energy to uh, keep going, firstly, when they may be close to closing or they don't have the energy after they close to really start pushing the company forward. Being aware of that, your physical, your mental, your emotional health is all really important. That's great advice. Any particular advice for Black female founders? I would say that becomes even more important for Black female founders. And the one thing I usually say is just buckle up and get ready for a longer ride. 
what you are hearing from your counterparts is most likely not going to be your journey. Things are changing for sure. You're definitely seeing a lot more women who are raising millions of dollars. And I think that's incredible. And I'm so happy that we're seeing that shift. But it we're still not equal. And we still have to go do a lot more to get a lot less. We still take a lot longer to fundraise. I know people have taken years to fundraise their seed round. And so when you come in understanding that, I think it changes things. It's not fair, of course, and it's it's not easy, but at least you know that it's not you and that you have to now create a different plan to approach how you're going to build your company long term. I think that's great advice. What is your plan for getting more information out there about Funder? Because I think yeah. that what you're working on is incredibly yeah helpful and potentially impactful for the ecosystem. Our plan is really what you were saying previously and diving deep into the data and creating insights. That's what I love. I'm actually a researcher at heart. I love looking at data. I love using that in order to move opinions and change processes and change systems. And I think it's probably one of the most powerful things you can have. And so as we're starting to build this data out, really becoming a thought leader in the space and having our data be top notch in a place where people come in order to get those insights is truly how we're going to continue growing. Before we wrap up, tell the listeners where they can learn more about Thunder, where they can find you on socials, all that. Absolutely. So you can find us at our website. It's funder.ai, F-U-N-D-R dot A-I. And we are also on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and you can follow us there. Lauren, thank you so much for stopping by with your wonderful insights. And for the founders listening, make sure that you check out Funder and get on that platform to get those insights, especially those Funder insights. I think that those are really critical to help with the fundraising journey. Lauren, thank you so much. To my listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't keep good content to yourself. If you enjoyed this episode, let me know by rating, reviewing, and sharing this episode with three friends. Subscribe to the podcast at its home on the Alive Podcast Network and your favorite podcast streaming platform. Follow the podcast on Instagram at where's the funding underscore podcast and follow me on LinkedIn, Michelle J. McKenzie, and follow the show on its LinkedIn page, Join me next Friday for another episode.